With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I am simultaneously equal parts terrified and excited. I believe the official term is terrified. That's what I am. <laughs> oh okay. Because all right, all right. as of today, when we're recording this, like a few hours before we recorded this, I put down the initial deposit on a Phaeton. You're a Phaeton owner. I Congratulations. Phaeton owner. We're doing all Finally, paperwork. We're doing, yeah, we are. Since podcast four. Yeah, we're doing all paperwork, and then the rest of the money comes in, and then it gets put on a truck. Here's Phaeton the thing. I really owner. wanted to fly to wherever I bought the car from and mm-hmm. drive it back. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you know it, it's coming out of Florida, which is a three-day drive. <laughs> it's a long way. And I have her. edit to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's really the truth of it. If it was within a day's things. drive, I would take a day, not edit, fly out, drive it back for sure. Yeah. But yeah. a three-day drive when I get no edit done, honestly, because we're ramping up to season six editorially, yeah. I can't take that time. Yeah, I get it, man. So it's anyway, totally so fine. it'll be put on a truck. We'll get plenty of driving when in it. it. Gets, once it gets here, I'm, I already am thinking about the road trip I will take to do like the inaugural road trip in the Oh, Phaeton. are you? Excellent. Oh, four Phaeton. It's black. I can't wait to tell everybody about it and show it off and do video. <laughs> and meanwhile... You're shopping. I'm. I'm actually kind of close. I've identified a car. I. It's very. Mm. Cool. If it's the. If it's the one, I can't wait for you to tell this. People story. are calling it the Miserati. And Let's hope not. Are Let's you a not. masochist? Are you insane? Like no. And, and here's the thing. We've talked about these cars. The idea is not to get the jankiest, ugliest, nastiest, I most the cheapest one in the country. No, thing. That's not what we're doing. That is not the point mm-hmm. to tease them endlessly. It's should you and and we spent. Uh, just enough. We're, we're actually spending your money, so thank you. Because if you haven't heard by now, the GoFundMe hit ten grand. Thank you to all of you who contributed. I'm and very thankful. Thank for you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who didn't and will consume the content. Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. You're supporting the show tremendously. Todd and I are blown away. Uh, it's amazing. So my thank wife you. saw the GoFundMe huge, page and she went. Thanks. This is really happening now, isn't it? She's oh, like, yeah. you guys are really going to do this. And then uh-huh. I told her today. She heard me on the phone with the dealer. Oh no! And I hung up, and she was like. I cannot believe you're actually doing this. And then her her comment to me was, you're buying cars for a laugh. It's like, kind of. But at the same time, back to your point, the other reason to get ones that are hopefully fairly nice and going to run is because we are genuinely going to put them up against brand new luxury sedans yeah, for absolutely. television and have a legitimate well, yeah. conversation about what happens to these luxury cars. And what's happened to technology in 15 years. Yes, all of that. You said you wanted them to look nice, and I agree. They need to look nice on camera. They can't just be the beat down. Yes. Ha ha, it's a joke, and I got this beat down jalopy of a thing. Yes, yes. Of course it doesn't run. We want them to genuinely run. We hope they run continuously. And we were looking at Carfaxes, too. We're pulling Carfaxes on everything Mm -hmm. that we've considered at this point and going, all right, so that's done. That's good. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. treating these like you would buy real cars. For sure. It's not just a joke. Yeah, it is. I mean, there will be. There will be plenty of jokes. There's going to be lots of <clears throat> oh, the jokes, but, laughing. But you T-shirts know, actually, write themselves. I can't wait. I, I'm so excited to share this stuff. One of the things that's funny <laughs> though is I talked to the dealer today. Okay, okay. in Florida, where I'm buying this car, <laughs> I just can't believe that's a funny as, sentence. As you do, anyway, right? But I, I was telling him what I knew about the car because what I did on the couple that I was narrowing it down to is I looked on the Carfax and I found the last place it was serviced. This is a great idea. By and the way. I called them before I even talked to the. I called them and went talk to me about this car. Just dropped the VIN number on him and said, look, I, I told I, I was straight up. 
What was their reaction to you not being a customer? Because there's no financial benefit or gain for them to divulge all this stuff and spend their time on the phone with you. So what was their attitude towards this? The thing is, and this is one of the places, this is going to sound weird, this is one of the places where my voice is a benefit. Okay. I think if I'd called me like, hi, I'm shopping for a car and I'm hoping you can help me. If it had been that, I don't think it would have gotten very Click. far. But I call very legitimately like a stand-up person and I just yes. said, look, yeah. I'm shopping in your area. Mm-hmm. I live in Utah. I can't come drive this car. I'm not getting a pre-purchase inspection done. I can't drive it down the block. I'm, I'm shopping for this car half a country away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have the Carfax in front of me. I don't own this car. It's for sale. I can show you where it's for sale. You guys are on the hook for having serviced it. I'd just like you to tell me what you know about it. That was, and I was so nice of them to totally do that. Totally straight up about it. It's great. And I'm talking to somebody in the in the you know the service department of both of these different dealers for a couple of different cars, and they said, let me get back to you. Because I gave them the, the VINs, Amazing. and I just said, here's what's up, and here's what I want to know. Amazing. Is this a problem car? One of them was out of the running because okay. I talked to, okay. to uh, somebody this morning, and they said, you're right. We were the last people to service it. And uh, it has a coolant leak and needs a water pump, and that's eight hours worth of labor. And our recommendation was new serpentine belt and replace the water pump at least eight hours worth of labor. And they promptly drove it off our lot. And I went, huh. And then because I told the guy where I found the listing. And he goes, and I looked up the listing. It's interesting. They don't mention that, isn't it? And I said, yeah, "Yeah, it is. I'm glad I called you. He said, you know you are. (laughs) Well, the big takeaway here is you would do this with any other newer, more expensive car that you're considering. Mm -hmm. It's the same process. We're just talking about lower budget levels, and hopefully they run. And as a matter of fact, uh, the car I'm looking at currently is in Las Vegas because um, we're on our way to SEMA 2019, (laughs) the SEMA show. By the way, podcast episode 450, so the episode after this Mm -hmm. will be the all non-car related questions but all we're questions. actually podcasting from the SEMA show floor. Yes. yes. So but mm-hmm. so what we'll post them up we'll we'll post uh you know some images from SEMA when we get there but we are if you're going to be there we would love to see you yes. we're going to be at the Grios garage outdoor booth on Wednesday November 6 2019 from 1 to 2 p.m. Very and cool. then we'll be at the Covercraft booth on Thursday, November 7th, 2019, from about 10 a.m. to noon. Yep. And Please then we'll be by. doing a podcast somewhere after that. Yes. And, uh, yeah, would love to see if yeah, you're in the come area. Come say hello. Please do. Please would do. be great. And we're there to promote our sponsors and, and uh, yeah, just kind of hang out and meet people. And, mm-hmm. and For sure. Uh, if people come by, great. We'd love to see you. So, yeah. so Wednesday and Thursday, the, both the, of those. But you're right. We are going to record. Show. On Thursday afternoon, from I'm sure there'll be all kinds of clattering chatter in the background. But there'll we'll, be a lot. We'll record there'll be a noise from floor. the SEMA floor. Yeah. We'll record the all questions podcast. No car questions at all. It, it's always madness. We haven't done one of these in a long time. We haven't done one since podcast mm-hmm. 300. You realize because we didn't Wait. do it at 400. Oh, because the 400 was just 400 the was live, the live podcast. podcast. So this is why we've shifted this. Oh, so yikes. you guys have probably got many frightening questions backlog. <laughs> oh, so I look forward no. to all of those. That will be a very fun podcast for Friday. But for today's podcast, it is a topic Tuesday. We're talking about uh, car hacks, which is interesting. This Little is a things cool we've email. discovered. Cool and also there is a car debate for uh, Garrett writing to us uh, about his future SUV, he thinks, and many good questions too. Yeah, so this email came from Matt S., in Dhaka, Bangladesh, who wrote to us and he said, I didn't send it a car debate, but his car conclusion is unusual. He says, perhaps a reminder in, um, you know, sometimes we have to settle for the car we need rather than okay, the one yeah. we want. I think that's most of us, to be honest, unless we <laughs> kind of really afford the fun car. Yeah. But that's why we're trying to dig up great cars for everyone here. He said, we have been living, I'm guessing that's we, meaning your family, you and your family, have yeah, been yeah. living in Dhaka, Bangladesh, starting our third year. And up to this point, they've been renting a 2004 Toyota Realm, 
five-seat MPV. So this is a Japanese market car from a local. Mm-hmm. And so some friends of theirs just moved to Cambodia, and they, they bought their 1995 Honda CRV, obviously front-wheel drive. And he said, but you didn't know there was a 95 Honda CRV. That's because this was a first-ever model year in Japan only. It didn't mm-hmm. come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. until 1997. So they paid 1000 bucks. Wow. <laughs> thousand wow. dollar car that makes our phaeton and yeah. pickle fork look expensive yeah and, and that makes our five thousand dollar car discussion look like wow we're yeah, really we're in the money now <laughs> yeah for sure for sure all right so paid a thousand bucks promptly added a backup camera new radio and keyless entry he says also a brake job even at sixty two thousand miles he said it runs loud very cold air conditioning but it's battered. It's scraped and dinged sure up. Sure it is. Of course so it is. So the aftermarket semi-rusted front bumper reminds everyone to get their tetanus shots, <clears throat> which means it's <laughs> the it. perfect Dhaka car. Yeah. Dhaka, he says, get out of the way. Dhaka is the most densely populated city in the world. This stuck out to me, man. Yeah. 47,000 people per square kilometer. That's staggering. Let that sink in. He says two lanes often become five. Traffic is unbelievable. Both the amount of cars, the tuk-tuks, the pedal rickshaws, which are everywhere, and, of course, nonstop pedestrians, not to mention the insanity of how people drive. And he Mm -hmm. sent photos of um, the... the, the government vehicles, he said an embassy car going the wrong way, which is fairly common. Yeah, wrong way through traffic. Just cutting their own path. What? Acting like an ambulance, even though they're not one. Yeah. So the next time you're stuck in traffic, just let 47,000 bodies, human mm-hmm. bodies, per square kilometer. Yeah. It's all relative. This, wow. This makes LA like look, look like it's fast-moving traffic and, and, yeah, and well-behaved, yeah. which like, is frightening. Yeah. Tumbleweeds in between cars. Yeah, it's, look it's at that. unbelievable. Yeah, that's quite crazy. All right, so he says the topic Tuesday here was inspired by his old car and now he's a part-time driver, and he does most of the driving there. But a couple of the power windows on his CRV, this $1,000 CRV, were very yeah, yeah. slow. So the prior driver added shampoo to the weather stripping, and they run much better now, and they smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> he also... I love this kind of stuff. I really I, I do. do. You know what we should do? I, that, that's the part of it that is my favorite part. It's the moment of inception. Well, it's the, honey, I need some shampoo. Well, you took your shower this morning. No, no, I'm going to put it no, on the no, car no. window. I'm going to put it on the weather stripping. It's going to make the windows work better. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll smell nice. You're going to smell the windows. Unbelievable. Lean in and smell the windows. All right. He also had a 1990 RX-7 convertible in Arizona for 14 years. And he said when it rained, there was a leak where the window met the top. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't your Elise do that when the window meets the top when it rains? Well, the, the Elise, in spite of being British made, does not like heavy rainstorms or, dear God, please don't put it through a car wash. Right. Yeah. It just has it, – it, it introduces you to all the places it can leak. Yeah. That's what <laughs> Happens. Matt says, I went to the dollar store, bought an egg of Silly Putty. It never dries, and it comes in a handy storage container. So he stuffs that in the... <laughs> Matt, the reason this stuck out, and the reason I think it's so apropos to what we're doing, is because yeah. of these two sedans that we're getting. Yeah, because for sure. you and I might have to come up with new hacks never before seen by or, mankind. Or certainly hacks we haven't done before. It's like, well, yeah. you know, do this, and that will work in the car now. Let's just hope it's not the suspension or the transmission, because oh, ouch. No. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I fixed the transmission with... No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. All right, so typical examples, as you all have heard, of course, is the key fob under the chin to increase your range yep. for the remote. Yep. Heard of that. You've heard of, you know, unfold your wipers, leave them standing up during a snowstorm or yep. what's, you know, real cold and icy. So they won't ice down to the, to the yeah. Yeah, exactly. Filling your gas tank. If you're not aware, modern cars have the fuel gauge icon. There's an arrow that points to which side that fuel filler is, is mm-hmm. on. Yep. It, it's my understanding that most older cars, the actual nozzle, they didn't have the arrow, the little tiny... Yeah. Yeah. triangle they had the actual nozzle on each side of the pump on and the that, graphic that was the indicated yeah 
you know, which side is the filler neck. And the thing is, you and I drive so many things, I use that hack in every car I'm in. All the time. To the point that, all honestly, I use it in my own cars. Oh, yeah. Because we drive so many well, things, I'm, uh, yeah, we're rotating reminded. through all the time, <laughs> exactly. that I will look at the gauge and be like, which side is it on for this one with the, and you, thankfully you I can tell. Yes, for sure. On our own car. For sure, yeah. All right, so of course, using the seat warmers for takeout food, we recently drove the Hyundai Palisade, and I had Thai, uh, Pad Thai takeout, and it's like... It was so hot. It was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Kept the dinner warm. It was wonderful. <laughs> you set it in the seat. The only way this goes wrong, and I've talked about this before, is if it spills out and you have the perforated seats, then you just have everything in the gearing. My that dad, my whole family actually did that to the expedition before they gave it to me, and, and it was actually curry. It was Indian food, and perfect. they did it with um, it's gonna be perfect. You know, the mango lasse, and it went right down to the perforated holes of the seats, oh, so it like, went right down in perfectly. All bad. It was awesome. And then, of course, windshield cleaning. If you haven't heard this one, when you're cleaning both sides of your windshield, Mm -hmm. you wipe in one consistent direction on the inside of the windshield, Mm -hmm. and then you go the opposite direction on the outside of the windshield. Pick a direction, whatever makes sense to you. That way you can see, well, where's that smudge? Well, then you know inside or outside. You can see the directions. That is Honestly, that is one of the best possible ways to get your glass clean and actually track it. It's amazing how well that works. Because then you're like on the inside, and you have to, you know, dislocate your shoulder to get up under the thing, and, you know, you got to sit there. You can just tell where it is. That's yeah, the best thing exactly. about it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, you had some some cool hacks just from a car cleaning standpoint that I remembered. Well, which is funny, considering I am not the car cleaner of the two of us. <laughs> well, it's, it's more like, how do I save time and cut out this, exactly. this how, amount of work? Exactly. How can I find the path of least resistance? Exactly. And how can I do this quickly? Exactly. You know, if you want to do rubber and vinyl dressing, like like the 300ZX is a great example. Mm-hmm. It had those these rubber strips that came all the way up the A-pillars and across the top of the T-tops and then down the hatch. Such an expensive molded part. And oh, and man. so those are notoriously prone to cracking and flaking, and it shows the silver underneath. Right. And so when I had that car, and of course all of the, the rubber seals all around where all the T-tops go in, prone for leaking. Right. So I would take a Griot's. A genuine, long before we had them as a sponsor, you turned me on to Griot's. Yeah. I was using their rubber and, and vinyl dressing, and I would actually put it on the end of a sponge. Mm-hmm. Just buy a blue kitchen sponge. Put it on the end of that. It allows you to have an exact tool in shape that you can just push along that, not get it on the paint. I've done that forever. Yeah. It's a pain. It takes a while, but I've done that forever. So that's one I did. Uh, the, 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 the only one, honestly, right now, the only actual car cleaning thing I'm genuinely proud of. <laughs> okay. I, I swear by this. All right. All right. You know the Swiffers? The, yeah. The Swiffer commercials. Oh, yeah. I'm going to mop with the Swiffer, blah, blah. I use them like crazy. Go buy a stack of the Swiffer refills, but these are just for your car. Because mm-hmm. the thing that drives me nuts in a car, and again, I am not the, the cleanliness, cleanliness guy you are, <laughs> but it's all the random dust that appears in a car that sits in the vents or sits on the steering column is a great example of a place that just hangs out and you see it every day. It's just sitting on the top of the steering column. So it's little tiny fibers and stuff and dust and that yeah. kind of thing. And the problem with a rag, even a rag with like cleaning solution on it, is you're just pushing it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rag has something on it, and that adds to the, the Swiffers are the key. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the greatest it's thing the ever. Magic. It's the greatest thing ever. You just grab a Swiffer and you run it over all the surfaces, and it picks up all of that stuff, and you throw the Swiffer away. It's great. Honestly, this is this is the only thing I'm actually proud of. Well, what Todd is not telling you is the reason this came about was because what he was looking at on screen shooting interiors. Mm, fair. Because when we're shooting interiors, all you see is the dust mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. All, especially mm-hmm. all over that piano black every, that's in almost every car now. Completely. So it wasn't like, oh, I want my dash to be clean. It was from a filmmaking standpoint. It, this has to this be solved. This was his editorial You're right. You're eye right. looking at the screen going, huh, there's little white specks. 
I don't care about the dash when I'm just driving it, but on camera, <laughs> no. <laughs> so the truth That's comes out. That's when you but, went after it. But I do, I do keep them in all of my cars now. I keep oh, a, do a you little really? Ziploc That's with Swiffers cool. in it because when you get okay. the car washed, you can run it over everything and suddenly it, it just it makes me feel calmer. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> That is weird. But I just, you know, it, I, the dust has not been moved around. It's actually been picked up by something. Picked up. Novel. Magnetic. It's gone. Novel. And then I can toss that thing away and it doesn't have to get on anything again. Didn't your wife use a giant carabiner for something? She's had a couple of massive carabiners in the back of cars. Like that the she's super like, oversized Yes, the, the big, big ones. That you're not you actually doing any ever climbing use for with. climbing. The ones that yeah. are huge. But you can hook, like, you know, you hook the grocery bags to it so they don't fly around. Or, you know, if you keep your own grocery bags, you keep the empty ones in the back and they don't fly around again. She's done that a few times. It okay. actually worked very well, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, what about road trip ideas when you guys go on various road well, trips? Well, here's the thing that's happened in the last decade. The creative trash disposal no see now now see growing up my parents had the terrible you remember the terrible 1970s only built for a soda can l-shaped uh cup holders that hung off the inside glass remember those yeah and they they hang on to where the the window goes down on yes they hung hung on to the trim they were the worst 70s 80s invention (laughs) when no cars had cup holders we had all those growing up did you and my parents had a to this day, by the way, they keep little like little leather pouches they use as trash bags in the car, trash cans in the car. Okay, and they hang them off whatever stalk they can find. Like for I remember on one I car we had that. the little stalk that you use to adjust your side mirror, and that hung off of that. I was in the car with my dad in the last six months, and he had it. <laughs> There's always good stories when you start yeah, yeah. like that. Like, yeah, yeah, with your dad, yeah, it's exactly the best. And he had like a piece of paper or something, and. He, we were we were like five minutes from our destination, and he crumpled up the piece of paper, and he went, where's your trash can in here? And I went, there isn't one. Throw it away when you get out. <laughs> exactly. And he just, just – I could watch the gears stop. Like, what do you mean there's not – I was like – Warped when you put, his mind. When you put a trash bag in the car, you guess, guess what you collect? Trash. Exactly. So get out, throw it away. It's just paper. Anyway, so yeah, we didn't do – I don't do that, but uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, all this has reminded me. Of course, there's a jillion websites. I'm not talking about the stuff on the websites where it says life hacks and, you know, these, you True. should do all this stuff for your, you know, your kids, which is great. There's, you know, the shampoo caddies, you know, for all your car care stuff when <laughs> yeah, you're on a road fair. trip. And fair, there's fair, all yeah, kinds yeah. of good kids hacks for keeping them entertained and ways of dealing with, you know, car sickness and trash and all that stuff. Well, There's great stuff out there, but the, that's not the stuff I'm talking about. You asked, and I will say this, in the last 10 years, you know what's been made completely irrelevant? Hmm. Rear front seat headrest entertainment systems in a car. Totally. Why would you have one? Why would you ever pay extra? Totally. Because you get the child, the pad of whatever that will entertain them. Pad of doom. The fire, the iPad, the whatever. Yeah. You get them that and headphones and you be happy. If you're gonna if <laughs> you're gonna you entertain them peace. with that stuff on a road trip, there's no getting it into the car. Yeah. There's none of that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's amazing. Yeah. All right, so You've probably heard of this one, and you might do it. It's the tennis ball hanging on oh, some sure. really super thick fishing line. Yeah. My dad did this, okay. and he would hang the tennis ball right at the base of your windshield. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's the perfect parking stop when you yep. pull in. But, of course, when you know my parents had taken the cars and they were gone somewhere, I'd walk out in the garage, and I'd be like, I'd smack that thing as hard <laughs> as I can, like, I was, you know, whatever, upset yeah, yeah. about something. You know, I was a yeah, teenager yeah. and like, ah, smack that <laughs> it's thing. It's about your own garage tetherball. <laughs> totally. And it'd come back and smack me in the head. But 
Anyway, so you've probably also heard about newspaper for cleaning wind- windows. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you have not heard about this cool trick, newspaper actually works. And it's not just car windows. It's any glass, sure, yeah, yeah. your mirrors in your bathroom, your windows. I'm giving you household cleaning tips now. I'm telling you, newspaper on your windows leaves no dust. The microfiber is great, but no dust, no nothing. You, you can still soak it with your window cleaner. It's amazing. Try it. I dare you. I heard one time that you could, somebody told me you could coat your wheels with Vaseline to trap the dirt. Really? Like all the brake dust that came off. Really? So then all you had to do was wipe your wheels off. And I thought, I don't want Vaseline on my wheels. I don't want to do that. I don't want somebody to come. What do you do? Why are you putting that on there? Well, you see, uh, never mind. You know what I heard once? That just seems ludicrous. It does seem ludicrous. You know what I heard once? And and, and I'm going to put it in the herd category. And all of you, by the way, hello, stop for a second. Those of you listening from Australia, feel free to write in and respond to this rumor that I heard. Okay, feel free. I would love to know if any of you have ever heard this. I heard this years ago, and I don't know if it worked or if it was legitimate. But what I heard, again, heard, but it's a fun story, is that guys on like big ranches in the outback would buy a car. A truck in this case. Okay. Coated in motor oil. Promptly drive it around in the dirt. And all the dirt jumps up and hangs onto the motor oil. Okay. And then they would not wash it. And it would be defended, if you will, caked in dirt. And then when they get ready to get rid of it, they would hose it off with gasoline. What? Then wash it. And the paint would be decent because it had been defended by... Years of oil and dirt. Where on earth did you hear this? I don't remember. Genuinely don't remember. But I heard this years ago. And it's one of those things where the story is just fantastic enough. There's a part of me that goes, yeah, maybe somebody's done that. But it's so absurd. I'm sitting here going, is this reality? So somebody in Australia tell me. What I like is just a crazy story. That's what I like about it. Wouldn't it burn off easier if you just flicked a match at your car and it burns magically off and your paint is pristine? Yikes. Theoretically, right? The, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all bad. Your paint, All your cars you sold would now be black. But yeah. Who would do this? I don't know. This is who ludicrous. Knows? It's completely ludicrous, but who knows? I guess this is before you discovered you, know, you could get it wrapped. You could get it like paint protection this, film wrapped. Wow. We'll do it with a motor oil. Why not? I mean, you know, I'd love I'd love that to be true. I doubt it is, but I'd love it to be true. I've heard of guys. You, you remember lacquer paint from you know the fifties? Genuinely, fifties yeah, yeah, and sixties, yeah. real lacquer single stage paint. Yeah, you'd use melted butter to polish and shine up your paint. <laughs> It'd be great for about ten minutes, and you know once you enter it in the car show and the sun starts beating down, your car would be like, I, anybody got toast? Like, hmm, <laughs> melted butter. Wow. All right. So a few more here for you. I use a magic eraser on rubber and plastic parts that are discolored, and they're okay. also great to scrub with. You know those bathroom and kitchen magic yeah, erasers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Works great on sure. little plastic trim pieces and things that, that are yeah, dirty. And, you know, like that's good. You know, on the armrest. You know, interior cleaner from Griot's is great. Mm-hmm. I follow up with interior cleaner just to do the entire thing. But if you have a little scrubby spot and you want it to really come out, that magic eraser is great. And I also use my Covercraft sunscreen, wind, windshield sunscreen. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wedge the milk and groceries behind the driver's seat, and I, I trap it with, with the sunscreen you that's really? folded up. That is funny. Because in, in any car, it's going to be thrown around. Yeah. And it'll yeah, slide yeah. around. I don't want you know all my groceries sliding around, so I, I like wedge it in that's there with this funny. thing. Who knew it was multi-purpose? We need to tell Covercraft. We do. It's a multi-purpose we'll mention it tool. To them this yeah, week. They'll, they'll love that. That'll be their favorite thing ever. Well, then there's a, you know, one more here, and, and that is the, um, the tire shine. This yeah, is yeah, the yeah. way to do tire shine. Okay. 
tire shine has ingredients in there that are petroleum based, and so it'll leave if it drips on your driveway, it'll leave a mark. If you don't okay. want that on the concrete, I made a cardboard cutout in the shape of my tire contact patch. You are kidding. This is why I keep cardboard boxes. Oh my! So gosh. I change the oil with them, but then this is why I keep the cardboard. So I I make a cutout and I slide it up against the tire, so the cardboard has protected. You know, on the ground it'll he's, protect the sidewall. He's serious right now, folks. This is a legitimate tip. And then I I take the sponge and I go around the the sidewall of the tire, and I can brush down onto the ground and get up under there because, as you know. Whenever you do the tire shine, there's always yeah. that little patch that next to the ground that you can't get. Unbelievable. This allows me to get it, and it doesn't get the stuff on the ground. I am I am jaw-dropped right now. I do have to give one on your behalf that you've mentioned before. The trick way that you fill a car. You put gas in a car, okay, and then when yeah. you're done, you always pull the nozzle out and turn the nozzle upside down. Yeah. So there's no drip onto no the car, and then you put it away. Yeah. Yeah. You say it like everybody knows this. Most people don't and How, don't do it. They take it out. But you've like, mentioned it before. You just turn it. Turn you've it mentioned it before, down, and it, it is it is actually a fantastic hack. I've seen you do on your own cars and press cars and all kinds of things. I had not heard the cardboard wheel cutout. Uh, I'll show it to you in my garage. I, I fully believe you. Knowing you, I fully I believe take a picture you. Picture of it. I just had no idea that existed. And then, of course, you know, there's the hacks that you know we all do to get the show shot. If there is something that we need to do yes. to get a camera stuck yep. off the. I mean, just weird contraptions to get cameras in locations that what your point is, the camera lies. Let's make it lie. Mm -hmm. Let's put it in the position that is an awesome shot, but you don't know how we got the shot. That's what we all love. Yeah, for sure. And figuring out those little hacks Mm -hmm. and, you know, standoffs and all this stuff. So one that I did for the recent GT2 RS and the Porsche 959 follow footage, Mm -hmm. we get real close to these cars. The footage is indeed that close. We're not zoomed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, I don't want to be buying windshields for either of these cars. It's going to be hard to source a windshield if we get a rock kick up from the camera vehicle. Well, and the million-dollar front end on that 959, yeah. let's not put anything added to that. That's yeah. all bad, yeah. So what I did was, with the car that we used, it was an SUV, mm-hmm. we we used this, and uh, Chance actually took some photos of this. I created some rally mud flaps out of cardboard. I taped them all together, and they were rigid, so they didn't move. So they're not just pieces of cardboard flapping in the wind. They were rigid and constructed in such a way they went over the exhaust and I taped them onto the back of the SUV, and it prevented rock kick-up when we were doing follow You would not believe cars. how good these were and how well they worked. It was great. You, you, it honestly looked like somebody had built some weird ca- cardboard test diffuser for the back of an SUV. It was kind of like a yeah, it like was a rally like those diffuser. Flaps, yeah. Okay, but it was honestly we you cut them to length after they were mounted on the car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that. Honestly, the cardboard had about a quarter to a half inch worth of clearance from the actual concrete. Mm-hmm. So as yeah. we drove along, what we, when we hit a bump, we would hear him go. I couldn't but, account for suspension travel. That's fine. It's all so good. We had to like but, slice off little but, strips. Uh, but it was perfect because it was only they were just off the wheel. And they were a quarter to a half inch off the pavement. So anything that wheel kicked up slammed into those things and went nowhere. I was very impressed. I actually. just look at it as just protecting us from spending money on exotic car windshields. I, it's one of those moments I looked at you and shook my head like you've got to be kidding. And, and after you got a mount and everything, I was like, you know, I got to admit that's actually very cool. It's ridiculous, but it's very, very cool. All right. Well, if there's hacks that we've missed that are not on all the typical websites and you've got a good one, please write to us because we'll include it in the next car conclusions because I'm sure everybody wants to hear what you're yeah, doing that'd be too. Fun. For sure. Absolutely. There's crazy ones out there. And I'm, Swiffer. I know. I'm telling you, I'm very proud the Swiffer of Swiffer. does really work. It's very cool. But 
But again, it's a filmmaking eye. This is the directorial eye. I don't care looking how we the got lens, there. I don't care how we got at the there. Screen. I'm telling you, there's no dust in the car interior now that to annoy me because this Swiffers exist. Why are interior shots are dust free, everyone? This is the worst. Or if the they have dust, it's because nobody brought the Swiffer. Well, that, that's the that's counterfeit. True. Have you ever seen one like that? Interior's dirty. Somebody forgot the Swiffer. Now, yeah. the problem is everybody's going to be critiquing us on a level of dust on the interior uh, they shots. They will. Yeah. There's, so there's, there's all, they, all the shots could always be better. This is true of everything we always, do. Always, always. Guys, thank you for writing. If you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com and on the website, everydaydriver.com, you can find us with the contact button upper right corner under the about tab. Debates, now including car hacks, car conclusions. If you've got an email to just say hi or you just want to tease us about you know buying a Phaeton and a Maserati Quattroporte. By the way, all the cool kids on the forum say QP5 because oh, it's the stop. fifth generation oh, Quattroporte, stop. so it's the, it's the QP5. <laughs> yeah, you guys whatever. are still donating to the GoFundMe, which is very cool. That's on there, as is the link to become a patron of our Everyday Driver uh, patron site and just everything we do in general. The patrons do get cool access to Discord, which has become an awesome little community in and of itself. A lot of car, yeah. new car friends on there, which is cool. And, of course, you get other things as being a patron. We really appreciate that. And we, we actually need to do a board member meeting soon. That's another thing happening. We do. That's coming. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Garrett E. is writing to us about his teenage glory days, also known as his future SUV. <laughs> look out. Look it's, out. It's the car that you thought, I wanted that car. I mean, how many of you share mm-hmm. the mid-80s IROC Z that was the car I have to have when I grow up. And then you grow up and you're like, yeah, that was kind of a dog. You know what I remember is the Z24. Remember <laughs> that? The Cavalier oh, oh, done Z style. Oh, when, I was, when I was too young to know any better, those turned my head. I was like, That's oh, there's a funny. Z24 version. Doesn't mean it was any better of a car. But this is also the era in with, which the heavy-duty Camaros and Corvettes and everything else were surprisingly not powerful. Yeah. The, look, I mean, the IROCs were okay. They were but okay. They were still in the emissions, like, throttling back yeah. restrictive yeah, era. Yeah. And, yeah, it was all bad. Well, Garrett, thanks for writing to us. He says he recommends the podcast to all his friends that aren't necessarily car addicts, trying to enlighten them on the joys they could be missing out on. Like That's cool. Thank you. QP5s. Yeah. Fate and fails. How would we all know about QP5s if it wasn't for this ridiculousness that we do twice a week? <laughs> Telling you. Anyway, I'm, we're going to share it all with you. There's going to be so much discussion about those cars. I, I kind of had no idea. QP5, of course. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, does it? Anyway, I don't know. Okay. All right. So his situation, he currently has an 05 NB Miata, and he says it's his college car, 
But he's returning to school to finish university at age 30. So it's still his college car. Perfect. Garrett, well it's good done. That it's good that it's still around because it can continue being your college exactly. car. That's, that's, there's some synergy there. Well done. Absolutely. Good yeah. for you for pursuing something new. It sounds like you don't mention what your new career is. We get a glimpse into it, but it sounds like you're changing careers. You're yeah. back to school. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah bravo it, on It's got to be sure. tough, and uh, we definitely congratulate you I on just that. like you, have, you still have your college car. That you worked out really well. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so he says over the years, his back has been giving him more and more trouble from years of not properly taking care of it. So this is a consideration. He says, driving the Miata constantly makes him appreciate the driving dynamics that he so enjoys about it, Mm. despite the horrible seating position for his back. Okay. So after college, he's looking for a second car. Here's the glimpse. Something that can tow plants and equipment. Okay. Don't know anything else past that, but he says he doesn't want a truck. Doesn't want a pickup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says he's always been more of an SUV guy, and he's owned a Tacoma, an FJ Cruiser. He's had a Corolla, 98 Prelude, and his first car was an 89 Eagle Summit. Those were cool in their time. (laughs) Lovingly named the (laughs) Putt-Putt. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's a Toyota fanboy, so not getting a Toyota is an option because pricing will be an issue until his income increases in his new field of work. Okay. He's got a teenage glory days attachment to 1999 Chevy Tahoes. Okay. Four yeah, doors, yeah. four-wheel drive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he says price is a deciding factor because you can get one for about $5,000 easily in the South. It's pretty much rust-free. Yeah. $5,000 cars sound expensive now. <laughs> After $1,000 Phaetons, we're like, ooh. There, there, I have to say, tell it, sorry, real quick. There was Big a, spender. There was a $1,000 Phaeton <laughs> in San Francisco that I almost bought. There was heavy consideration for this car, everyone. $1,000 Phaeton in San Francisco with 293,000 miles. And, of course, I was having the Matt Farrow moment of going, I could get it to 300. And then I started to think about how much money is going to have to go he into it to get it to poured money into a Lexus, the most yes. theoretically long-term reliable yes, car. Yes, but at three times the mileage. But You're buying a Phaeton. Yeah, so this was the uh, almost the original owner. He's had it for like 14 of its 15 years. He's had this Phaeton. 293,000 miles, but a coolant leak. And yeah. so I was literally having the debate of, do you tolerate a coolant leak because it's a $1,000 car? And I got into it. Th- thankfully, this owner, John, was very cool. Got into a very candid conversation with him about how we were going to use it. And he was like, you need to get the leak fixed. And it's an engine out procedure. Where the leak was, was in, me. Th- where his leak was, was engine out. So y- you and Ferraris. <laughs> Your car and most Ferraris. I don't think that's true of all Phaetons. But, uh, yeah, it was engine out. And, well, But the, the one I talked about today... When I when I called the the uh, service department that told mm-hmm. me about the other one I found, yeah, also right. had a coolant leak. That coolant leak was a water pump and uh, and tensioner uh, belt, uh, fan belt thing, and that was eight hours of labor to get the water pump out. Oh, you're saying like timing belt, the full the yeah. full serpentine belt, the big but deal. the but the eight hours of labor to deal with the water pump, which is why that place selling that one was not doing. But the point is, I did not buy the $1,000 Phaeton because that was walking the line of, I found the cheapest on the internet. I, I didn't do that. But wow! now you and I are shopping legitimately for five to $10,000 cars. And so that seems like real money now. We're having a that conversation for money. Garrett. It's like $5,000. That's actually, that's our sweet spot all of a sudden. We're spending the audience's money we here. We became the $5,000 car, car show. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> all right, so Garrett says... The the um, 99 Tahoe is not a Toyota. He realizes that. So will Good, reliability excellent. be lacking? I don't think so. I think it'll just run. Well, I can speak from personal experience there, but yeah. But he's considering the top end of his budget of a 2009, somewhere in there, Lexus GX 470, mm-hmm, which is, mm-hmm. you know, 
the Land Cruiser before people realize, oh, it's also our Land Cruiser. Let's just yeah, Lexus. there is that for sure. Now he's getting rid of the air suspension. That's what he would do. And it'd be a nicer ride, he says, for potential clients and lady friends. Yes. And the peace of mind would be nice <laughs> knowing he's driving Japanese reliability. Okay. Fair enough. But I think the Tahoe would be great. Yeah, I want to come back to that, but yeah. Yeah, let's let's dissect that. But he intends to keep the Miata, reliable, we, backup weekend car. And he says if he gets that Tahoe, it'll be cheaper and allow more funds to supercharge and then build out the NV Miata. <laughs> I love how car people think. Yes, like, this is how we all well, think. Well, if I take money out of there, that's like 3000 What can I get for 3000 in parts? What can I do to this I car? I know. Yeah. For sure. That's it's how we all we, think. That's what we all do. Absolutely. So he needs a professional opinion on what's next. Well, I don't know about a professional opinion, but we'll give you our opinion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's that happening. Let's talk about these Tahoes real quick. I, my wife and I had a 96 or 97, I'm forgetting now, GMC. won its name. It was named by your uh, wife. Yeah, Stella. Stella. Yeah, because she was stealthy. So it was Stella. Stella. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Stella. So we had that from, we bought it about 99 or 2000. It was a 96, 97. And it was a GMC. Uh, Yukon. Yeah, GMC Yukon. Not the XL. This wasn't the big one. This was the the same size as the Chevy Tahoe at the time. Okay, yeah, right. Wasn't the right. big suburban sized. Right. We bought it at sixty thousand miles. We got rid of it at two hundred and sixty five thousand miles. We put two hundred thousand miles on that car just by ourselves. That was the trip to Mammoth car. Yeah, that was the ski trip with car. full four by four and lots of trips to Mammoth, which is three hundred miles, three hundred fifty miles one way to Mammoth. I remember oh. digging that thing out of a giant snowfall. Yes, we've done a lot. We did a lot of crazy things in that car. My point here is, we put a transmission in it at about one hundred and ten thousand miles. We never yeah. put another one in. Otherwise, it was standard stuff. It was it was brakes. It was tires. It was all the stuff that wears out. Yeah. But yeah. it just ran, and it just took a beating, and it did road miles. My point here is, if you buy any car under 5,000 miles, we've said this before. <laughs> I don't care what it is. $1,000 Phaetons. Exactly. <clears throat> any car under $5,000, $5,000 or less, is going to require things. Yeah. Tires, oil, brakes. It need it needs stuff. All the consumables, yeah. None of these are please don't equate those needs with the reliability of the car. They are different. The, where I'm talking about maintenance items, which is why the car is so old and cheap. That is not a de- declaration of what its reliability will be. So this five thousand dollar car, whatever it is, Tahoe's, whatever we're talking about, Phaetons, <laughs> prepare for the stuff you're going to have to spend right away that is almost just part of the purchase price. Now, it, mm-hmm. then if it starts mm-hmm. just consuming itself every month, you have an unreliable car. But doing stuff initially to get it up to, hey, it runs right, that's just part of buying. So I yeah. think if you yeah. went and got yourself a Tahoe and figured out at five, $6,000, whatever it is, figured out what is this need right now? Good pre-purchase inspection. What does it need right now? And you did all of that, mm-hmm. which may be mm-hmm. two or three grand. Right. I think it's just going to run. I think so, and too. And then run and run and run and run. Yeah. I mean – there's also the thought process. If it doesn't, you can coat it in motor oil, yes, drive it around in the dust, and yeah. then flick a match at it. Perfect. Uh, there's, there's the real new Viking burial. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and we're done. Now, Garrett, uh, I like the Tahoe idea. I do. I think if anybody is searching for the car that they've wanted for a long time, I think it behooves us to go get it. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, sure. you get that out of your system. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to yeah, yeah. be an itch that will not go away if That's we do not. That's a good not. point. It's a good point. And I say that with all caveats because we can't apply that to the supercars and the super expensive cars that we can't afford, of course. Fair, fair, I, fair. I understand that. But mm-hmm. if there's something from your past, you know what? I always wish I had that 
Toyota Cressida or whatever. I, I don't know who's looking for Toyota Cressidas, but you know what I mean. But if it's become attainable and you could go get one yeah. and you've always wished you had, why not? Well, you know what? I think that's why a lot of our YouTube content that we consider evergreen will continue to be because those cars mm -hmm. are still going to be around, still attainable, yep. and even more so as they get more and more yep. used. Yeah, I hear you. People are looking for them and thinking, all right, I've wanted one. What's it like? Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. I, for that reason, I, I love what we've done from that standpoint. And totally. Share experiences driving it. I have two other recommendations for Garrett, but where, what else do you have? I've got a few. And the thing, being a Toyota guy, but you want kind of the, the Tahoe Chevy thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy here in Heber City, Utah, who drops LS Motors into the old Toyota Land Cruisers, you know, like the oh, J60s and yeah, J80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's like the best that's of both the worlds. There you go. Yep. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do the Icon 4x4. It's not like a, a build. It's, it's a just, straight swap. I just took an old used Land Cruiser and I dropped an LS motor in it. Huh. That's okay. it. All right, all right. So if you're interested, but I, I think they're probably about five grand. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure they are. They're probably yes. like 18, 20, somewhere in there. I would imagine. I would, I would think that's probably the floor, but yes. But if you're looking in that era, I love for the old Land Cruisers. I love old Broncos, mm -hmm. International Scouts. Mm -hmm. And this might be completely out of the question, but the 1976 to 1979 Whoa. Jeep Cherokee Chief. Okay. All right. Unfortunately, they've started to go back up. But are if you those can the, find one. Are those the wood panel ones or not? The Grand Wagoneer. Grand Wagoneer. Those are the those. wood panel yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Cherokee sure. Chiefs were the two-door yeah. long kind of shooting brake thing. Yep. But yep. they had wider axles. Okay. And they had GM right. brakes on them. Okay. So they're a little bit different. Wider axles on these things. You huh. still had to get out to lock the hubs. And now on... You know, modern SUVs, you just push a little digital button. Push a little button and the hubs lock and the exactly. sway bars disconnect and it's it's a party. It's While you sip your magic. latte. Yeah. You didn't go all that latte. Did you say latte? While you sip your latte. Exactly right. I'm latte. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, for, for sure. There's, uh, as you know, that I, I have a soft spot for the wagons, the, the I know grand you do. wagoneers. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Wagonmaster.com currently has two on their website. The cheapest one is 20 grand. The most expensive unrestored one is like 50. And wow. then the Wagoneers go up to 80. It's a thing. While we're talking about a thing, I found on Bring a Trailer today both a clean stock twin turbo 300ZX and a surprisingly affordable red Series 1 E-Type. Oh. Same day on Bring a Trailer, and I thought, this is really terrible. I'm going to go back to looking at Phaetons. Anyway. Did you see the 08 Cayenne GTS manual? Manual in blue. It's like, oh. I don't need that car, and yet I need that car. Yes. I, the, bring a trailer today for it's whatever reason. Dangerous. One of those that just kind of smacked me. It was like, this car, this car, this car. But seeing an E-Type and a 300ZX <laughs> and the same scroll, I was stop. like, I, I mean, I need to go. <laughs> Close to that tab. I'm going to go look at Phaetons. I'm going to buy one, <laughs> exactly. which is what happened. Yeah. I'm going to go scratch I the edge with a I cleansed my palate by buying a Phaeton. That was a – yeah, anyway, moving on. I'm just saying, Garrett, somewhere in that range. But you're right. A Chevy Tahoe will be great, mm -hmm. and we validate that purchase for absolutely. Sure, for sure. And so if, if that – Again, is you know applies to you and your situation. Great, go get that if you can afford it and you can mm -hmm. do it. Get that car. You know, find out what it's like to yeah. own it, and enjoy it, and all that stuff, and scratch the itch. I say, do that. I have another thought for you, Garrett, and I have a wild card, a, a quite a wild wild card. Okay. But I'm looking at what you want. You think you want an S, a, a CUV SUV that can haul some stuff, and you want reliable. I, look again. I like the Tahoe. You could. I found some. You could get the same era, late 90s, Toyota 4Runner for this money. 
Yeah, forerunners are cool. If yeah. you want to go yeah. Toyota, if you're a Toyota guy, that is the competitor to what you're talking about. In this era, they were good and they're out there. I found a couple SR5s today, Toyota forerunners from like 98, 99 era. For you know five six grand, and that was just local. I just I decided to yeah. look locally, just because that's where we always recommend for five thousand dollars anyway. Just look in your local area, and there it was. Sure, unless sure. you're buying Phaetons and you shop nationwide. Sure. Anyway, yeah. I would just so, say you know tow rating. You know you're just gonna have to decide how much you need to tow. And I don't. And he says he wants to haul planes and stuff around. I don't get the sense you really want to tow very much. I don't know. It said so, equipment, but I don't know what yeah, that is. So I, don't I don't know, know what, what that means. is. I mean, the way I read it is you want an SUV so you can keep it inside the car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, quote, unquote, tow stuff around versus tow stuff out back. So we'll see, which led me to my wild card because I thought quirky, reliable, cheap, all-wheel drive, has a cavernous back that you can haul stuff in, an unexpected choice. I'm in wild card territory, but Honda Element. Oh. Huh. Much newer, quirky. Interesting. But you like small stuff. You've liked the Miata. I just thought it kind of does what you're hoping for. It stays Japanese reliability and goes quirky. Hmm. Guy knew Wild he had card. one of those things, and he'd always take it to Mexico to go, you know, windsurfing and all the stuff, and he'd park it on the beach and camp out of this thing. Okay. So whenever, you know, I got in his car, like this, you know, mounds of sand would fall out of the door. <laughs> Where have you been? All of the Honda storage pockets were all filled they're, with sand. They're all full of sand. And there's a million of them. Yeah, I get it. It was great. He actually used it. So, all right, Garrett, thanks so much. Really, really appreciate you writing in. Let us know what you end up buying. We'll include it in the car conclusions as well. For sure, yeah, yeah. We jump into questions on here. We've got to start out on Instagram from MattGarrett82. Had a lot of questions for all of us. I noticed that. Many, many. All of us. Were both here. of us. Yes, yes. yes. I, I don't know who's I kind of think he's here. listing questions for all kinds of people. He would ask everybody listening. To I, could, I, I think, think he he's would. He's just out there with questions. I think he would. And damn it, Patton asked the same question. What we think about the Hyundai Veloster N winning the Road and Track 2019 Performance Car of the Year. Uh, I'm a little late by saying, spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, um... I, I think it's well-deserved, personally. I was thrilled to see it. I read the whole article. All y'all have been gooning me for years about liking Hyundai. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, honestly, we've said it already. We've done it on television. We've talked about it on the podcast. It's a fantastic hot hatch. It's a fantastic hot it hatch. Is. It is. What I was surprised by, genuinely reading the article, I was surprised the 911 didn't win. Because, and is that because of the dynamics or because of the influence Porsche and the, the the iron grip they have on everybody as far as... I think the iron grip element. The, the thing that tends to happen when does. they do these car of the year things, any magazine does car of the year, and there is, and they do the rules of must have come out new in the past calendar year. Invariably, they pull the new Cayman, uh, pardon me, 911, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and most of the time it just wins. And uh, look, I like the 911. Not without reason. No, 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 no. I like the 911, and it's brilliant, and they keep refining something that works, and they make it a little bit incrementally better than it was the last time, and it's always been good. I get it. Watch our 50 years of 911. I, the non-Porsche guy, even come around a little bit (laughs) on the 911. However. He liked them. However. I just I kind of get bored with the 911 one this year again. Really, you know what? I agree with you, and I like that they chose something that was inexpensive because it seems like Fully the magazines attainable. are like the McLaren Senna is the best. Well, of course it is because. Yeah. <sighs> None of us can drive it. I loved fully attainable. And I think a lot of magazines have shied a little bit away from the hyper expensive metal in these. And they'll, they'll pick it. Those stuff will be second or third. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that's up top is still typically a six-figure car. Yeah. So I was and ecstatic. And great and all. Yeah. And very good. But, but 100,000 plus. How about for the rest of us? This was like 
Road and Track did the everyday driver choice because it's yeah. genuinely good I agree. and genuinely affordable. Well, the second part of his question here is, when are we going to have a performance car of the year list? <laughs> you and I have actually discussed this in any category, having you know best car in, in name a category. Mm-hmm. And although Todd and I are getting in more and more cars and car companies are providing us with a consistent yeah, yeah, press car, just a stream of cars mm-hmm. here in Utah, which is wonderful. We're producing more fast blasts, and if we don't get to them, we'll certainly discuss them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I still don't think we drive enough of them because there's only mm. two of us. And yeah. there's a an entire staff on these other magazines that are rotating through and, you know, writing articles all year long. But they've they've got far more than two people is the point. Yeah. To rotate yeah. through and give opinions and, you know, do testing and all that kind of stuff. There's a staff of lots of people. Well, and they're that able That prevents us from getting to everything. But they're also able to stop down and get a venue and pull a bunch of cars for the same week. And, uh, you, and money. I, you and I do that for our feature films, which is a mm-hmm. kind of unique scenario. Mm-hmm. And we chase like crazy, but but they pull all, all those. And that allows that to be done. Having said that, we still kind of do this. At the end of every year, go to, go through our podcast. At the end of, either the last week of a calendar year or the first week of the, next, uh, of, of the next year, we will do a favorite cars we drove from the year prior and cars we're most looking forward to in the year to come. Mm-hmm. We do that yeah. every year. We'll yeah. do it again. It's not an official like performance car of the year but it is our favorites and the things we recommend and i guarantee you veloster n is going to be on this year for sure yeah agreed all right so why aren't you writing a book about pairing advice for car people oh my gosh i saw this matt look that's flattering you said that that my advice on on (laughs) parenting for car guys is helpful honestly this is my thought on parenting advice books I'm not allowed to write one until I figure out how badly I've screwed up my son. So that's years from now. Then? It's like two decades from okay. now when he's like okay, out of college enough. that we figure out how much did I, how much does he have to go to therapy because I was his dad. <laughs> once we get over that hurdle, who's paying for that therapy? By the I'm way, I'm frightened. I'm frightened. But but once we <laughs> get over have that to sell hurdle, your and we figure probably we figure out how badly I've screwed up because because honestly, here's the other thing about parenting. All right, <laughs> and nobody really wants to say this, but it's fully true. Everybody's winging it. <laughs> Everybody is winging it. I don't care if you are Dr. Spock. Remember Dr. Spock? Not Spock from, from Star Trek. There was a that, Dr. No. Spock that wrote like the definitive parenting book when in, in like the 80s when, okay. when okay. a lot of people were kids. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That was like the definitive parenting book. I don't care who you are. I don't care what uber parent you're perceived to be. I guarantee you there were moments for Dr. Spock or whoever where they were a terrible parent that completely screwed up that moment. We're all just winging it, figuring it out as we go. So I am thrilled. What will the bibliography in your book say? I am thrilled (laughs) to hear that you think my advice is helpful. Its actual value is still to be determined, and I am still working on my other book, which is close to done, which is very cool. I like that. Very cool, man. All right, so now the real question. If we could choose a race car and a track from any era to drive, oh, wow. what would we choose? Oof. I'm going for any 80s Ferrari F1 car, pretty much on 80 track. Oh, wow. Okay. Or Ayrton Senna's 1993 McLaren Ford MP4 that Oof. he drove at Monaco, but probably, you know, you saw this one coming, a Porsche 917 at Le Mans. I mean, come on, 230 yeah. down the straight okay. in a 917 that's barely hanging on with its arrow, and wow. All right, I see you. I see you. I'm going to leave you there. I, I think that's well done. Bravo. Check. All right, what else? Uh, you got Lindsay here? says on Twitter, she's shopping in the SUV category. You you posted a thing about the Hyundai Palisade today. We just drove that, did a fast blast on yeah, it. Yeah. It was actually very cool. Yeah. It, this is the sister car to the Kia Telluride, which we had on television last season we really liked. She is shopping in that uh, family SUV category, 
seven-seat category. She's narrowed it down to the Hyundai Palisade and the Subaru Ascent. Mm-hmm. And then she just says, help. Okay. <laughs> For Look, you can go online and you can find all of the comparators of these. You, you should. If you haven't yet, Lindsay, you need to go and drive both of them in the same day. Absolutely. We highly recommend that, yes. I still think the Palisade wins. Absolutely. The Subaru has... Yeah. Definitely, arguably, the better all-wheel drive system because it's Subaru's really good symmetrical all-wheel drive. Sure, okay? sure. But the Palisade has a better interior, better third row, better all, – all the seats are better. All the seats are better. All the amenities and features are better. Tons of features available. Very nice place to be. Feels very high-end. All the seats are better in it. Uh, I, I think it's by far a nicer place to be. The, the pricing is pretty similar. Uh, you and I disagree on the looks, but I'll leave that for the Fast Blast. Yes, that's coming. I do want yes. to say that Fast Blast is coming. Where yes. We're not necessarily just talking about these interior amenities. We're no, talking no, about no. higher level of concepts, including styling. So that is coming. Yes. So I actually think the Palisade wins over the Ascent. There's a lot of things the Ascent does well, but I think in just comparing those two cars, I'm not going to drill down any further. I think it's the Palisade. All right. All right. Fair enough. Shane M. asks, what are our thoughts on Porsche owners driving with their spoilers deployed in stop-and-go traffic? So me is me. There's a button for that. There's a button that says – actually, now it's probably buried like – you found it on the last uh, Panamera. It's buried like four screens it's down. It's four screens deep. But me. If you're, if you're going to peacock, you need a peacock button. Yes. Yes. I'm showing off. That's why because, you know, it looks cool. I mean – Usually, I leave it on the automatic setting, and it just deploys, and I just let it do its thing. But when I'm at least when I'm rolling into a car show, we're going to Cars and Coffee or the Park City Car Club, <laughs> I'm rolling in at ten miles an hour. I'm putting it up. You know, the other side of, of the equation, though. The other side of the equation. Have you thought about this, Shane? The nice thing about leaving it up all the time is it's not like having a flag for your speeding. Because the problem with these speed-activated <laughs> ones, they typically go up at about 70 or 80 miles an hour. Yeah, so it's there. kind of like a flag for the police. If, oh, he just started speeding. <laughs> so if you, have it, of... if you have it up all the time, uh-huh. you can be doing 30 with the wing up. That's the only good side here is that you aren't actually like waving a flag for, look at me, I just started going 80 because <laughs> exactly. the, the wing came up. Exactly. I know yeah. you're going faster than 77 miles an hour when the Porsche spoiler deploys. Exactly. There, there's, so... <clears throat> You're screwed, buddy. There's some funny moments in uh, our Lemons piece for season six coming up because we drive a working Porsche Boxster. And there, uh, there's actually a shot from a car <laughs> that, crazy. that I'm having a battle with at one point. There's a shot from behind, and we start down the straight, and it's a first-gen Boxster. We get about halfway down the straight, and the spoiler comes up. It's like, oh, well, you can tell how fast I'm going now. Exactly. You know, so anyway. Exactly. All right. Let's see who else we've got. You know what, Christopher, I want to speak to this real quick. There were a couple of questions about the Porsche experience Uh Mystic Negro asked a question about, you know, I could actually rent Roebling Road outside Atlanta for the cost of a couple of Porsche experiences. That is compelling. I get that. Christopher L. is asking a question about, do we think the Porsche experience is best bang for buck for first-time advanced driving instruction? We talked about this a little bit before. Mm-hmm. The short answer to this question is yes, but it is expensive. It Undoubtedly. Is expensive. Yes. One of the things been to about a Porsche it, showroom? I mean, yeah, it's consistent across the board. Yeah, for sure. It's not a lot of time. It was argued in the comments responding to Christopher, and thanks for doing that too, that – if you spent, let's say, the three to $500 that you would spend at the Porsche experience for a 90-minute experience, you could get an all-day track day, and you would get lots of sessions that would add up to more driving. I agree with that. But if you're doing first-timer stuff, there's a lot of very high-end instruction that happens at the Porsche experience packed into a small period of time. And Chris brought this up, and I'm going to come back to it. It's not your car. 
Mm-hmm. So you had yeah. no whatever bonehead thing happens, you have to worry about none of it. <laughs> I'm gonna go have a muffin. You, exactly. <laughs> Whoops. Exactly. Here's your, your car. Your, your cafeteria is open. I'm gonna go up to the three five six and have some dinner and look down on the track while somebody else tears on that car. Exactly. That's actually. Let's be honest. Besides the instruction, what you're paying for is you're paying for the instruction and a car you get to walk away from. Yeah, for sure. Very different, very different headspace when you do that. Completely, yes. All right, Petrolhead80 says, now that FCN and PSA are merging, what cars from Peugeot are we excited to get our hands on? Well, sadly, the Peugeot partner TP is no longer appearing on their website, so it's now the Rifter, which is sort of like a what? London taxi all-road. <clears throat> if you want London, London taxi all-road is brilliant. It's like a lightly safariized London taxi. I love that. <laughs> I mean, gravel roads are like at the upper edge of its limits, but it looks cool. I would say more hot hatch choices. I think we need Let's more so. nimble car choices in the U.S. I'll say North America. Well, we we need more of these nimble cars. The 208 is uh, kind of going electric and hybrid. It looks like it appears to be. Hmm. I love I love everything that Europe has. The nimble hot hatches and the wagons. Yeah, and yeah. most of all, it's quirk. Different styling. Bring the quirk. <laughs> they do. Bring it on. They do. You're Bring right. Just a different headspace and take to how we interact and drive cars. Bring that. Okay. Love All right. It. I see it. Uh, Jay Brimmer's asked on Instagram, is it worth it? I'm going to try to deconstruct your question because I think I know what you're asking. But your actual question is, is it worth it to flash an ECU on a car you want to long term? You have a 2018 mm-hmm. Civic hatchback. What I'm hearing from you is you bought this car new. It's under warranty. You're worried about flashing the ECU because of your warranty. Right. That's what I'm hearing right. behind this. Yeah. Two thoughts at once. Is this a base Civic hatchback? Oh, uh, Interesting. Will you be in a place? Look, this is a conversation we've had before. The problem is if you buy a lesser car and you try to build it out to be the better version, you almost always spend more money than if you'd bought the better version and do it not as well. Yeah. That's so true. That's if true. you if you were trying to get a base Civic hatchback to act like an SI, I recommend to you in a few years just getting an SI. If, back to your original question, if you have a car you're going to keep indefinitely, then – most people, most people are going to wait out a couple years of their warranty and not flash the ECU. You can also reverse that and go to the dealer. Mm-hmm, Some dealers mm-hmm. won't care. You can fight with the dealer because there is legislation that claims you can actually tune a car you bought, and they okay, are they can't sure. resist your warranty. Um, your fights may vary on that, but I would ultimately say if you really plan to keep a car a long time, do whatever you want to it. It's yours. Yeah. If you really are invested for a long time. But what I'm worried about here is you want to make a base Honda Civic into a better Honda Civic. And at that point, I'm just kind of thinking, when can you trade up? Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. Question over here on Twitter from Ronald Harrison, who asks, in our opinion, what condiment on a car can make or break the design? <laughs> I love the term condiment here. It's kind of what they are. I read it. It was like mayonnaise what what's going on like relish what what do we anyway could it be the front grill the wheels side mirrors rear spoiler tail lights are you talking like the triple buick portholes on the side of the maserati quattroporte that i'm about to buy are you talking about those that. goofy those are chrome awesome. things I love it that I don't it really so do much. anything they don't vent they don't suck air they don't blow air they they're don't just do there. anything they're, they're just, just there yeah they're just decorative mm-hmm. for no reason in yeah. the same place that almost every car has some sort of cliched design cue <laughs> from Panameras to Corvettes. Everybody does something right there. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. Different. Just clean. Peugeot. <laughs> save us. 
Peugeot, Wait, come Peugeot, on over. Peugeot, save us. Welcome. Has never been uttered. That's never been said. You are welcome yes. to come on over to North America. Bring some quirkiness. Bring it. There's also a couple of questions on Instagram. One from Ian Dara. What are some examples of cars that are fun at three-tenths? K-cars. You can hear oh, the cloud music yeah. when you're driving a I pulled the door down the on the AutoZone Zam AZ1. You're right. That is the answer. I'm just K-cars driving are, five yes. miles an hour, and everybody's looking at me in this <laughs> crazy little thing. Yes. It's K-Cars. You are better than an exotic in traffic in a K-Car. Totally. You so much better. I totally agree. That's very funny. Um, so- Songo Rocco Songo, I think is what that is. I'm trying. I, I like that you're addressing this. Are this SUVs good. generally better for long road trips in terms of NVH noise, vibration, and harshness, and driving fatigue? I'm going to say to you, no. Agreed. Agreed. Because a really good, and we're about to test this theory with our old sedans, a really good, like, designed a saw through miles sedan hunkers to the road better than an SUV mm-hmm. typically has less road noise in an SUV because of their style of tires and generally not always generally also has better long distance seats seats and wheelbase think of sedans having maybe in some cases generally longer wheelbases which smooths everything the big out. long wheelbase like Phaetons it depends yeah exactly it, it really look we can get into the weeds here quickly because which SUV are we comparing to which sedan? But I'm just talking about like broad strokes headlines. If you think about what cars are best on the Autobahn, just think of it in those terms. Mm-hmm. What cars are best on the mm-hmm. Autobahn? We're talking big, long wheelbase, big engine, nice seat sedans are what you want. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, on Instagram, Kitas Cars has said, we've talked about a company's design language that works on some of their lineup, but not on all of it, like BMW and Lexus. What are some companies that do have a strong design language that does translate well into each model? Hmm. There's exceptions to all this, you know, the the general rule. Acura's up there, maybe towards the bland side, but it's up there. I can think of one that's doing phenomenal work. Okay, go. On everything they make. Okay. Mazda. Mazda's Their current design language works on every single car. And I think part of the reason is because I don't feel like Mazda is as obsessed with the exact same front grille shape as everybody yes. else. Yes. It looks related. It relates. It looks similar, but yes. it's not like it must be this shape on this tiny car and this big car, which is difficult. The other very blatant example is Audi. Think uh, of yeah, every sure. product. Sure, yeah, R8 yeah. all the way to the, you know, the Q8. It's okay. That's got strong family resemblance. We could argue Lexus, but we currently have an LX570. But do we like it, though? It, it doesn't it, really it, work. It, it doesn't, and that's that's the grand exception. LX570, oh. the giant Lexus does a Land Cruiser. Yes. We're driving this around, and thank you, Lexus, for giving this to us because it's it's nice now that we've driven the entire lineup. This is the <laughs> the big bruiser kind of old school. It's what I think is everybody that's used to Land Cruisers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garrett, are you listening? Land Cruiser, you know, I like that feel. I like that chassis. I like mm. that sort mm. of old school off, you know. It's the ladder off-road. frame. It's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. That done by Lexus, mm-hmm. and that's why they exist. That's why they will continue to exist, and that's why they sell. I think all of that is right, except I don't think it rides anything like it should. I understand what I don't either. Are. I understand I agree. that, but when you compare the rest of the Lexus lineup, which is good riding, and suddenly you're in this thing that feels like it has Jeep Wrangler running gear mm-hmm. while you're looking at a Lexus interior, it does not compute. I agree with you. It's for the guy who wants the nicer Land Cruiser and likes the Land Cruiser feel, but I don't understand what that's doing in Lexus's lineup. Truly, I don't. It's it's um, We're back and forth on it, obviously, as you can hear. The styling applied to that thing. Oh, it's, it's I, ugly. It's, it's, it's hard ugly. to swallow. On the other hand, it does a lot. If you're, you know, Land Cruiser 
you know, it's it's beyond that GX470. It's now, hey, you want the big boy? I, I think it can work, Yikes but it's, I think. it's um, you know, in some cases, a tough swallow. Last question for me, J.R. Schultz. His wife and he bought her a 2019 Camry SE. Her choice, based on looks and safety tech, okay. takes a corner well. He does enjoy driving it. Okay. Did he just lose our respect? Not at all. No. From the beginning, we have said our opinions, mm-hmm. and we want you to take that information and disagree, hate us, love us. Yeah. But form your own opinion and find something you love to drive totally. for your needs. Absolutely. That's perfect. The end. Because you yeah. have not lost our respect at all. No, because you guys are spending real money on actual cars you'll use. <laughs> yeah. If if your We're car, spending their real money on actual cars we'll use. You realize no, no, that? No, seriously. If you buy a sports car that we love and is in our usual suspects, but because the way you drive it, it's a chore – Get something else. Absolutely. Okay. It's not. It's not. And, and we've said this before, and I want to come back to it. A car enthusiast is not defined by the car they drive. Absolutely. It, I could argue. I could argue. It might be defined by the quality of your driving, but it is not defined by the car you drive at yeah, all. Yeah. Okay. So I, I look. I know we take pot shots at cars now and then that are fundamentally not fun to drive mm-hmm. because those mm-hmm. exist. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just. But if you own one of those. Fine. Absolutely. You, you could be more of a car enthusiast than the guy that owns the car we love. Yeah. There's nothing worse than just you know, like your car. That's us the being whole thing. car snobs about no. this because we've acknowledged there's other uses. It can't just solve this one thing. That's what track cars are for. Yeah. It can't just solve this one thing. I've got other people in my life. I've got my loved ones to satisfy. I've got needs that it needs yeah. to do. And I still kind of like driving it. That sounds like a win to me. I hear you. I mean, I drive a Lotus Elise all the time, but I'm not normal. <laughs> and, and, and and this is the reason, honestly, I don't recommend – you know, think about it. I don't recommend that car very often. No, you don't. I love it. I don't recommend it's it very It's not for everybody. Because I understand that it is a weird specialized tool mm-hmm. for crazy people. Mm-hmm. Okay? Phenomenal. Not for most. Yeah. So you got to love what you drive. Not at all. You have our, our tremendous respect for discovering something you love. So – We'll leave it at that, guys. Thank you for writing all your questions, as always. Continue to ask if we haven't gotten to them quite yet. But the next podcast is from the show floor of SEMA. and uh, All questions. Get ready. None of them cars. Brace yourself. <laughs> Cheers, everyone.